Frank Dolce, our Utah insider, one of our very best friends, dear friend of ours. Yes, very uh, dear friend. Frank, how important is it that Utah win this game against Texas? How important is it for you to be truthful on the air? Because when you said one of our dear friends, that didn't sound that didn't sound like truthful at all. And then Scotty said right after that, oh, yeah, one of our dear friends. I don't know if you guys just made that up as you were going along or you wrote that out or Lloyd required you to say that, but it didn't feel like there was any honesty in it. It was genuine. Right, right from the heart. I can tell in Scotty's voice it was not heartfelt. I'm <laughs> suspecting that Scotty may not be working on eight hours sleep. Like maybe he got an hour sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty is Scotty is a very busy man right now. Sleep is not on the agenda for him. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to look past all of your insincerity, and uh, I'm willing to focus in on Utah football and the Alamo Bowl. We appreciate that. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I'll tell you this: whether or not it's an important game. I don't know any. I don't know any of this for sure. It's just. It's just my suspicion. I'm about who's going to participate and who's going to not participate. I. I don't feel like we'd be having this discussion in um, in a Rose Bowl scenario or in a college football playoff scenario about who may or may not be participating in the event. So and and no, none of the coaches have said anything like this, and none of the players have said anything like this. I'm just I'm just making the assumption based on where some of these guys could end up potentially next year, and whether or not they're going to take the risk uh, of playing another game um, at the end of December. So there's a I mean let's be honest here nobody really wanted to play in this game from a fan base standpoint this was always going to be the worst case scenario for for uh, Utah and what I I mean that makes it sound awful but it, it, look when you had your sight set on the college football playoff and now you're in San Antonio it's it just doesn't have that same vibe would is could you be seeing a situation where Utah doesn't come out and play well because of that Sure I think that's I think that's reasonable, a reasonable expectation. Uh, so will, you know, is, is Utah engaged? I, I, it's hard to say that Utah's not going to be engaged in the game and preparation, and Coach Whittingham does a great job of getting his guys ready to go no matter the circumstances. So, you know, all of the right things will take place. But will, uh, you know, are you going to be in this heart and soul based on the disappointment of not reaching the level you thought you were going to reach? Uh, I think that's really difficult. I think that's difficult on anybody. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think this team will be prepared to play. I think the coaches and the players and the staff will, will do all of the right work, just like they've done all year long. And... And things like, I mean, how, how does a thing like uh, if one of your star players decides not to participate in the game, that sends a funny message, you know, and I'm like I said, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's just a, you know, it's just a, an assumption I'm making. It's a suspicion. And so or maybe two of your star players decide that they're going to sit out of this game. It sends maybe it sends a funny message across the team. So in terms of 
in terms of getting a team ready to play, this may be the most challenging that uh, Coach Whittingham, the most challenging you know, obstacle Coach Whittingham's faced all year long. Frank, with Julian Blackman now out with the torn ACL and <clears throat> kind of other things maybe up in the air uh, that we were just talking about, that defensive backfield, how much will they miss Julian Blackman and what will they attempt to do to replace him? It's really, really difficult to replace the way that he's performed all year long. And he brings a different skill set to the field, a different talent level to the field. So you could get somebody prepared mentally to play that position um, and do all the right film work and, and study and practice and everything else that you're going to do. But in terms of bringing the same type of athleticism to the game, you can, I don't know how you replace that. I mean, I just don't think there's another guy on the, on the team right now that, that brings the same talent level to the field. And so that's, that's one thing that you, you have to overcome. And then the second thing that you have to overcome is, is, or the second way that maybe you manage it is maybe you just can't be as aggressive uh, on in the on the defensive side, as you would like to be, especially near at or near the line of scrimmage. So maybe you can't leave your guys in the defensive backfield out on an island as much anymore because you, you don't have the same you don't have quite the same talent level available. You don't have someone who can cover up a mistake. You don't have someone who can cover a lot of field and and run somebody down if something if something goes wrong up front. So I, I think the way that you account for the lack of talent or the talent that's going to be missing on the field is that maybe you become a little more conservative on the defensive side of the ball. You were around a lot of Kyle Whittingham teams that uh, won bowl games. In fact, I think Kyle's only lost two, the one to Boise and then I think last year to Northwestern. What is it about the preparation of this Utah team under Kyle Whittingham that allows them to be successful on uh, you know extended breaks? His his system is one thing. It's like this, the system doesn't change, and everybody knows what to expect each week and each practice and and each day. So there, you know, there's confidence that that comes from that comes from knowing what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to accomplish on a daily basis. So that's one thing. Um, and then the other thing is that it's, it's like this is a meaningful game for Coach Whittingham and for the athletics department for the football program. The bowl games have always been meaningful games for for Utah. And maybe that's born out of this, you know, that enormously long stretch when Utah didn't have an opportunity to go to a bowl game. And, and maybe they just hold on to that memory a little bit, and, and maybe Coach Whittingham holds on to that. But, but bowl games have always been meaningful games for, for Utah under, under this regime. And so it doesn't matter where you're going to play. This, this isn't something you go do and, you know, you go and have a bunch of fun and it's a vacation and – that the program doesn't treat it that way the program treats it as another game on the schedule another game that you have to win on the schedule 
a loss of a lot of amazing talent after this season, Frank. How does this team rebound? That's the biggest question for this team in the offseason, especially on the defensive side. I, my, I, I don't see the offensive side having as much of a struggle rebounding, even with the loss of, you know, you know like Simpkins and Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley and, you know, some of the other guys up front. I, I, I think that um, there's more stability uh, in the depth of talent on the offensive side. So quarterback position, uh, I'm not I'm not sure you get the same productivity because what Tyler Huntley did this year was fantastic, unbelievable. But I think you can be really, really good, really stable at the quarterback position. And it seems like Utah's getting a new quarterback every week. So, <laughs> you know, what depth of talent there. I really like the running back group. Uh that's a that's a very talented group, and with with Wilmore and Brumfield and Henry Cole, that's a three-headed monster. I mean, I think that you get tons of productivity out of that group. Utah doesn't rely on the wide receivers to be stars on the team, and so I, the talent that they have available right now that's coming back, I think they'll be fine at the at the wide receiver group, and of course. The, the guy who, who emerged as maybe the most valuable in the receiving core is coming back in, in the tight end position. So, uh, I, and, and I think the offensive line will, will improve. So I, I think the offensive, the offensive side rebounds. Like there's not, there's not necessarily this enormous drop, uh, maybe initially until you get things rolling, but, but I feel good about the offensive side. The defensive side, I don't. My heavens! I don't know how you replace all that talent. I mean, you're talking, you're talking. How many guys? Bradley and Nye and Lecky Fotu and Julian Blackman, Jalen Johnson, and I mean, you just Francis Bernard. You just go down the list, and you're taking this, you know, however many guys that is, six or six guys, seven guys. But those six or seven guys maybe represent. 90% of your productivity on the defensive side? At least. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's an enormous task. Utah schematically will still be good on the defensive side. I think that's been proven out over the years. They're going to put the right guys in the right position groups. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these quarterbacks that's transferring in all of a sudden land as a free safety <laughs> on the other side of the ball. You know, get get one of those athletes on the defensive side of the ball, but but I uh, I think that's where my biggest concern is. I how do you replace all of that all those guys and then and then expect to be as productive as you were this year? I think that defense will still be good, but but this the defense that we saw this year that may be a high in in Utah for for a little bit. New quarterback transfer, Jake Bentley out of South Carolina, threw for over 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns uh, in 2018, uh, sat out most of this year with an injury. But uh, does Andy Ludwig bring in another quarterback after um, seeing Jason Shelley and, and, and Cam Rising during the during this year? Is there Do you read anything into that, or was it just an opportunity to get another good-level quarterback and you can't have too many of them on your roster? When when I saw that news come through, it it made me it made me think exactly what you're thinking. Like, well, wait a minute. 
maybe there isn't maybe there isn't a comp this confidence from the coordinator position that they have the right people in place to take over for Huntley. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I keep hearing rumors about other guys who are going to, going to show up at the quarterback position, um, for you to, or who have at least been quarterbacks in, in their collegiate careers so far. So, uh, I that's a really it's a really good question. I know that people are really high on Cam Rising. Uh, I think Jason Shelley has proven his ability to lead a football team and to win football games in in difficult situations. And and just knowing just knowing those two things, I I would feel like there's a comfort level at, at that position group, but. But with this, it, it it does throw a funny monkey wrench into this into the system when you bring in another guy, and and not only just another guy. I mean, this is a guy that's started for three years. This is a guy that has significant experience and and num- some numbers to, to to maybe say, well, you know, he immediately jumps in as the front runner in the race, um, and he you know he hasn't even stepped foot on campus. So I don't. I don't know exactly what the answer to that is. All I can say is when I saw that news come out, that that my immediate thought was the same. Like we need more depth at the quarterback position. That's what the the feeling was. I don't know if that's true or not. It was just the feeling that I got when I saw another transfer coming in. Frank, this has been the highlight of our day, frankly, the week, and we appreciate you doing this. Did you cough because you were trying not to laugh as you were saying no, that? No, I, I have a cold. Mr. So Insincer- insincerity? No. Mr. Insincerity he was being serious about that one, Frank. I'm, lack of affection? I'm looking at him while he said that, and I could see the sincerity in his eyes. I can see you smiling, and I'm not even sitting there with you. I can see that smirk, the hands Olsen smirk on your face. And you know who's upset, just as upset as I am right now? Uncle Merlin. Would not be looking oh, okay. down on you. Oh, okay. Proudly. All right. That's that a little moment. bit of a low blow. <laughs> That's a low blow, man. Still can't believe you sent me flowers from him. That was weird. Could you believe that Uncle Merlin sent you flowers? That was so thoughtful. I can't believe you our... sent me flowers He's and wrote that it was from an uncle that had passed 10 years ago. That was strange, Frank. Not over it yet. It's weird. You know, sometimes when you do something that you think is going to be meaningful for people, they take it the wrong way. <laughs> I took it the wrong way. You didn't even use he FTD did. either. It was really weird. Yeah, you used some lame flower delivery service. Uh, I did give those. I, I took the card that you wrote out, and I wrote a card to one of my daughters and gave them to her. So, <laughs> Also from Uncle Merlin, or were they from you at that point? Uh, they came from me. So it was it was a nice dad moment. I turned a bad situation into a good one. That's me. Maybe I was thinking about you all day. (laughs) You know, I always say that, you know, when you're coaching, you always say that don't turn one mistake into two mistakes. You did exactly. You did the right thing. You flipped it around. You made a positive. Well, Frank, we look forward out of a positive. we, We look we look forward to your analysis as we get a little closer to this one. Thanks, buddy. Hey, it's always great to catch up with you guys. The great Frank Dolce right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.